0: Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as
1: Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we are going to have an absolutely wonderful time today. Once again, talking to an international guest. I love this. We have talked with people in Australia, people in Romania, people in Wales, people in Switzerland. Um, and now we are talking with someone in Singapore. So this is so cool. I love the fact that, you know, in this day and age, because of technology, we can have listeners, we can have guests all around the world. But more importantly, it means that we can connect with people who are absolutely fabulous resources and fountains of information halfway across the world. So please join me in welcoming Jack H.M. Wong to our program today.
0: Yes. Hi. Good morning, Deb. Nice to see you online.
1: I know. I love it. And (laughs) it, it is so fun because the Internet, you know, has made this a very small world. And that's what is so cool about this and you know we all talk about how it's scary big brothers watching all those things well who cares about that i love the fact that you and i are talking we were laughing Mm. before the program we are (laughs) 13 hours apart so i'm having breakfast you've already had dinner
0: (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah that's right yep And, and i
1: just love it but more importantly it really does mean that we can get resources, help, assistance, all sorts of things from people around the world. And I really do love that. So, you know, before we start, let me tell people just a little bit about you. So okay. Jack H.M. Wong is the author of Amazon bestselling book, Cracking the Entrepreneur Code, Seven Tips to Build the Business You Always Wanted. His mission is to improve the quality of lives of over one million people worldwide, including employees who are stuck in the rat race, by helping them to realize that they can start any business using his seven principles as discussed in his book to gain money and time and freedom. So again, Jack, welcome to our program.
0: Yes, welcome. There.
1: Well, you know, it's, it was very interesting reading your book because you talk mm. a lot about how you got to where you are now. Um, mm-hmm. And and you are a serial entrepreneur. I love your website. It's got a picture of you and your family, and you know it's always mm. <laughs> fun. And and to you, family is of course the driving factor of everything that you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. and, and because. It's it's why you're doing what you want to do because you want to spend time with them you want to show them what is possible you know all of those mm-hmm. things you've got two beautiful daughters and a very handsome son um and of course mm. a, a, a beautiful wife Um Thank and you. so but but you know you took this leap. And left corporate America, and holy cow, you were uh, I, I corporate America. You left. You know, uh, we I, is corporate America a term worldwide? Can I just use that?
0: <laughs> go ahead, no problem. I call it sometimes corporate Singapore, and That's nobody understands it. what I'm talking about. You,
1: you left <laughs> the, the big corporate behemoth infrastructure. There we go. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. To start being an entrepreneur, and you did that back in 2011, and mm-hmm. you had. I, you had all of this very specialized training, but you mm. decided no, nah, you wanted to go it on your own. Why mm. did you decide to do that?
0: Well, honestly, I have actually worked in the corporate environment for a total seventeen years. Okay. Uh, back in nineteen ninety four, when I first started with the first uh, my first employer, mm-hmm. uh, I was told by by the by the interviewer a very, very um, what I call promising guarantee, Mm -hmm. that is if I serve the firm well, build the client promptly, I will get my promotion regularly, consistently and leading to the partnership level and I asked the interviewer how long will it take to become a partner and Mm -hmm. she said to be is only 15 years. Like, only, Except only. Oh. well I mean, my time fifteen years mm-hmm. doesn't sound long. Yeah, it's not short time obviously, but I said okay, give it a go and I have been consistently performing well until the, um, I hit the ten year mark. Mm-hmm. And what happened was that the real story was in two thousand and three I had a very interesting debate. I put it, I usually sometimes, if I, if I were to mention this as a verbal akido, I'm not sure whether your listener listening or understand. A verbal akido basically is a quarrel without actually physical fight. Mm-hmm. And therefore, what happened was that the partner deemed that I'm not suitable for the firm. Right. And in the next six months after this verbal akido, I was actually asked to leave. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lesson where there's no such thing called uh, job security and loyalty. I mean, I've spent 10 years of my time. In the end, I got this is the result I've
1: got. Right. And, well, and in your book, you talked about that. You weren't asking for anything major. You just wanted to be able to attend a friend's wedding. <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly. And, you know, and, and I mean, that is very true in whatever corporation you're in, in whatever country. They have you know, their their expectations of people.
0: Exactly. And
1: sometimes they're a little more fluid. Sometimes they're a little more flexible. And sometimes they're very hard line.
0: But
2: Mm.
1: you you are there following their rules. I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to.
0: That's right. The word control is servicing very clearly yeah. because I'm subject to my time, my effort to them. So I'm actually controlled by them. Mm-hmm. And in Singapore, the mindset of most people at my age was we only knew how to move along from one job to the other job. Right. So as I said in my book, I actually moved to a law firm uh, after I've left the accounting firm. And again, the question is that I didn't have the time because it is a 24 by seven job. Mm-hmm. It is nice pay but no holiday whatsoever. Right. And I'm not sure whether my book actually talk about it. There was a time when I was about to leave for a holiday. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, a personal holiday. And my partner actually told me, uh, asked me a question. Have you actually got your BlackBerry? Mm-hmm. Have you brought your laptop? I say, right. mm, yes, I do. Yes, that means that I have to check my email, location, mm-hmm. that's all right. So I said, okay, no job security is one thing, no loyalty. Plus, there is no no time fee. There's no time for myself, for my family. And that um, when I was working in the law firm, I was, I mean, my wife was expecting the second kid, I mean, my, my first daughter. Uh-huh. So it's very important. Now the family is, I mean, I need to spend time to 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 take care of my wife and uh, build my family. Right. So that is the result. Eventually in 2011, uh-huh. I said, okay, I use the metaphor called jumping out of the plane. The, uh-huh. the reason why I use that is that when I jump out of the plane, there's actually no U-turn um mm-hmm. right. you can't
1: um, climb back up uh, into that plane.
0: Because of the law of gravity, there's no such thing of going back to the plane. Mm-hmm. So unlike uh, many people, I know when they say, I will give a try and you know what, if I do not succeed, I can always move back to the corporate world. By using this metaphor, that means I have no way back. I can only move forward. Mm-hmm. Or, and that is actually my journey in 2011. I left the firm, mean the firm and started my own business. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now,
1: in China, uh, you know, it's it, it is it is it very similar structure here. You know, you mentioned the fact that you jumped you know, out of the plane metaphorically mm. and, you know, it, it, was it something that you just decided you couldn't go back? Or were you not going were they not going to welcome you back if, say, you decided, hey, I want to go back into to corporation?
0: My own speculation is that if I really wanted to go back, I will be welcomed. There's no problem with that. Very- but what.
1: Very knowledgeable about what you
0: do yeah I mean I've been in this business for more than two decades okay. and therefore there shouldn't be any problem but having said that if I said okay I jump off the plane that means okay my mindset has to be okay that is the only way out right. when you become a must I mean I will just make it happen I mean that's my mindset then there's actually no regret if I if let's say if, I mean looking at this point backward if I couldn't succeed Mm-hmm. I wouldn't regret from leaving the firm in twenty eleven because I've done what I've done right And there's a very good well six six years time spent to venture something that I have ever i have never ever i have never ever dreamt of, mm-hmm. so it's very interesting six years journey so far
1: right you know mm. and one of the things I want to carry your metaphor a little bit more with jumping mm. out of the plane, you jumped out having a plan in mind, you know, and, and that's what we as entrepreneurs, as small business owners need to do. You know, we shouldn't just leap out of that plane. Maybe mm. a parachute isn't quite the way we want it to be, but mm. we need to have prepared. You know, we, we need to have thought about what are we going to do. Now, clearly, there are times where we're forced out of that airplane. You know, you, mm. you, you get booted out of that plane and you're having to think, oh, my gosh, what the heck am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. But that's what I liked about your book, because you've got these seven principles to, to mm. follow in your business and if someone is is really considering being an entrepreneur being a small business owner and leaving you know that the corporate world if they go through these seven steps it is definitely a way to be very prepared before you actually leave the corporation
0: mm. that's right and I said This book that I've written, Cracking the Entrepreneur Code. If someone asks, like, what is this book about? About, uh, to put it very shortly, it represented my first three years of entrepreneurship journey. And when you said that, that I did, I had a business plan. Actually, to be quite frankly, to be quite frank, I didn't have a plan when I left the firm. And, the, and the, what happened was that in the first three months after I left the firm, mm-hmm. I was sitting in front of my computer every single day thinking of what, what am I supposed to do next. Okay. There was just literally three months where I, I'm, I'm sitting down and didn't produce any income. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so, so what happened is that this book is a very good book in the sense of telling people, do not repeat my steps. Mm -hmm. Do not just really jump off the plane without thinking, having a plane in the first place. I was lucky. I would say I was lucky because after three months, I cracked the code. I get some help from my mentor and coaches. Mm -hmm. I finally know what I'm doing. But without the help of the mentor and coaches, that three months can be be extended to three years or until now. That can be very scary. Mm -hmm. What
1: did you first do? What was your, your first entrepreneur foray?
0: Okay. So most people actually ask the question, what am I supposed to do? What's my passion? Uh-huh. I mean, in the market, there's so many people ask this question. I say, tell me my passion first. So that if I know my passion, I will start my business. Okay. And you know what? What happened to me is that I didn't actually ask the, pa- I, I didn't ask the question mm-hmm. because what I've been doing is actually not considered a job because the area of tax consulting has been my passion looking back from this point mm-hmm. and what happened was that it's very logical for me to start my first business to do to do things that I'm I'm very familiar with that is right. tax consulting mm-hmm. and tax training and that's without a doubt I managed to find a Singapore accounting body who actually got me into a particular trainer mo- uh, trainer position mm-hmm. and They said okay in order for you to join us. It's very simple I mean, the accounting body basically gave me a list of the existing courses available. And Jack, your job is just to find a gap. If you can find a gap on the list and tell us you can offer a course oh. which you can teach our guys, mm-hmm. you got, you are in. So I said, okay, let me look at the list. And I found a hole. I found a gap. Mm-hmm. So I managed to crack that code to start my first program with them mm-hmm. until now we, I have already like 15, 16 programs with them. Right. So well, just one opportunity.
1: Cool. Had you yeah. been a trainer before that? Um, you know, and, and you're in a very niche field, you know, very which is is actually, as you mentioned, it does make it easier. But had you been a trainer? I mean, you know, when they said, hey, Jack, you know, find and create this program for us. Were you literally having to start almost from scratch with having to learn how to be a trainer or was that something you already had experience in?
0: fortunately in year 2000 I mean that goes back to went back to 2000 uh, I have been actually doing training for my two employee employers I do also external conferences speaking to many people um, not just in Singapore but internationally so I have got tiny little bit of training experiences, which therefore helped me a lot when I first started with this accounting body. Mm -hmm. And of course, I won't say that I'm the expert because I'm still a learner. I'm still a student of training. So every single day I'm learning and picking up skills to improve so that I become a better facilitator and trainer.
1: You know, and, and that's one of the things that you talk about in your book is to continually be learning. You know, and, yeah. and to have mentors. And I love the fact that you point out that some of the big, biggest business names in the world oh. have mentors.
0: Oh. Yep. You know, and,
1: and I think that's something that, especially as an entrepreneur or a small mm. business owner, first of all, we think we can do it ourselves. I mean, you know, especially uh-huh. here in the United States, I mean, we've got that mentality of we don't need any help. You know, we're John Wayne. We can do this. And, you know, and, and, okay. and then it's, you know, but but we do, you know, we always need a mentor uh, to some degree. You know, maybe it's just to bounce a quick idea off of or maybe yep. it is, you know, something that's more. So tell us, because you are a mentor and I, you know, I love that. How do you work with people when, when you are a, a mentor and a mentee?
0: Okay, so first of all, to be a mentor. Basically, you, you you need a mentee or you have mentees. But the more, the more important question is that why would someone become a leader? Mm-hmm. I mean, this question about leadership, I mean, I've been studying the word leadership for many years and realized that at the end of the day, leadership is something something that is not you do. It's not like you learn how to do it. Right. It's like your attitude, your aptitude, your charisma. It's a whole package thing. Mm-hmm. So what I learned over the years is that, first of all, I must stay humble. I must be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And just now that you mentioned, well, that is an American thing about we know what we need. We know, so we don't need help from other people. I bet I bet it's not just America. Even in, um, in our Chinese culture, there are so many people who learn these three-letter words and uh, practice it rigorously. That is, I know that. Oh. <laughs> so I know that. So therefore, I don't need help from other people. Uh-huh. So I learned from my mentor that instead of saying I know that, I would change it, becoming a I need to learn. So be from a knower, I have to be I have to step back and say, okay, I'm a learner. So I'm open my mind to 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 learning from other people mm-hmm. because I learned that at the end of the day, if I am stuck on one particular problem or challenge, mm-hmm. I can spend my own time figuring out the solution myself. But we all have 24 hours a day. So what if I'm able to ask someone who has, who has done that before right. and in just three minutes, an hour, I got the answer. That shortened my learning curve tremendously so that I can move on to the next task. Mm-hmm. So I learned the benefit of having a coach or mentor in my early stage of entrepreneurship journey. And I learned from them by saying that, well, I still have a lot to learn. I'm not claiming that I know everything. So, I, so sorry, coaches, mentors, I don't need you. Because if I found that a coach or mentor is not, used, not, um, it's not very uh, relevant to me because I may have surpassed them or I may have reached the level, mm-hmm. you, or you can always look for another person. If I'm earning six figures, there will always be someone earning seven figures who right. can teach me things I need to learn. And this cycle just continue.
1: Well, and I think that's so important for someone, especially just starting out in the business. Um, you know, and, and we talk a lot about that on my program. Mm-hmm. You know, for people to know, you need to have you know tr- uh, trusted advisors, attorneys, accountants, mm-hmm. people like that. Um, you know, you need to to start your business properly. You know, here in the mm-hmm. United States, you register with your state's secretary of state. You get a mm-hmm. federal tax ID number. You know, all these various things. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so many times we're, you know, it's, people are just thinking, well, hey, this is something that I like doing. This is something that I can probably make money doing. So I'm going mm-hmm. to start doing it. And they forget that there are all these steps, and so part of having that mentor is, as you said, learning from them, learning maybe from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, and as you were talking about that, I wondered, you know, here in the United States, we have um, kind of an extension of that, and it's called mastermind groups. Oh and yes, that's, you know, a group of people where maybe they serve as your board of directors, things like that. Is, yep. is that something that that you recommend?
0: Well, I do because I'm belonging to two mastermind groups. Mm-hmm. I have actually been part of a big mastermind groups in 2015, 2016 timeframe, mm-hmm. which I actually fly to America twice a year to see people with who are in eight figures businesses. And I remember first time when I was in that mastermind, mm-hmm. I'm a six figure person and these people are eight figures. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, <laughs> I feel right. very small suddenly. It's uh, my mental state was shr- was shrunk down immediately, and I for the whole three days I was like uh, I was trembling, I was uh, shivering. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what I'm supposed to say or contribute. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I I know, but I know that after that three days I grew a lot because after after surviving that three days, I know if I can survive that three days, there's so much things I've learned and there's so much more I can do. Right. So I'm not afraid of speaking to a nine figures person right now. I'm okay. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> You know, I think what's important for all of us to remember is they're human, too. You know, yes. they, they, even if they were, you know, people who inherited their business, their money, their whatever, they've they've made mistakes, you know, mm. all of these various things. And it's funny. People will ask me, you know, oh, how did you get, you know, such and such guest on your program there? You know, and 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 I tell them, well, I ask. I mean, you know, I, the least they can do is tell me no. <laughs>
2: you know, mm. or ignore yeah. me.
1: But yeah. You know, I found that so many times that people like that, that are the the you know the preeminent speakers, that you know you mentioned, you know six, eight, nine figure income people, mm. don't approach them because the, you know they they're we're intimidated by their status, by their you know, <laughs> position. Or, you know, so then they end up being the people who stand alone at the networking thing, or you know after a business conference, nobody goes up and talks to them. Well, you know, you know I'm going to go up and talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and it is, it's is—it's something that takes getting used to, you know, and, and it is scary. You know, even if it's just, you know, that the president of the chamber, you know, in, in your community, going up and talking to them, especially if you think, well, I'm just a little business owner and nobody really cares about me. <laughs> Sure, they do. You know, they want to talk yes. to you, and 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 if they don't, well, then they've got the problem. I mean, you know, let's let's just be yep. honest about that. So, yeah. Well, you know, during this process, were there mm. times that you thought, "I I just can't do it anymore"? I, you know, this is not working the way I thought it would.
0: Well, of course, the answer is yes. There were downtimes, there were setbacks. I mean, this journey is definitely not a smooth one. If everyone, if ever someone tells us while well, his entrepreneurship journey is in an the uptrend, there's no retracement using a stock chart as a metaphor. There's mm-hmm. come on, this he must be a liar <laughs> right. because there's no such thing in, in from 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 my experience, from other people's experiences. There are always this thing called setbacks. Mm-hmm. Not every day is a good day.
1: Right. So how, you, when you've got those, how do you get through those days? Well, did I lose you?
0: Eat. Yes, you lost. You oh, lost there you we lost. are.
1: Okay. Yeah. We, mm. um, so when you have a bad day, a bad mm. week, a bad month, what mm. do you do to get through that?
0: Well, I ask myself two questions, basically, what happened? I mean, the first question is what happened? Mm-hmm. What happened is a question allowing me to stay present so that I can check what's going on right now. And then the other thing, the second question is that what did I learn? Because what did I, what did I, what did I learn is a very good reflective question. What have I learned from this particular situation? Right. And then the third extension of the the third question I will probably ask is that how can I deal with this situation right now? Okay. And therefore, by using this self-questioning process, I can actually removing myself from that from that bad mood or that ineffective state to something that is more positive and more empowering. Okay. And yeah.
1: Well, and your excuse me. One of the things that you talk about in your book is reframing how you're thinking about things. And and you studied neurolinguistic bleh, I see, I see saying, right? <laughs> NLP and Neuro- linguistic programming. That's it. N L P Yes,
0: NLP in shots, yes. It's, you
1: know and, and one of the, the things and, and I, I actually read this part of your book several times. Oh, okay. Is to stop using the word try.
0: Oh my goodness. Because yes.
1: try is one of those that is almost a self defeating word. You know, kind of the well I'll try to do this and if it doesn't work, I can do something else. So yes. tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Okay, sure. This word TRY, I mean, you notice I just pronounce it instead of, uh, instead of spe- I spell it out instead of pronouncing it because I'm so used to it now. Uh-huh. It, it's something that I've learned in 2008 when I had my first personal development program in Singapore, where the trainer actually put us, the participants, a challenge. And what happened was that he explained if we use the word try or try, what happens is that that maybe our subconscious mind actually allows something, allow us to fail. Okay. And this is what our mind is a mindset is about. Mm-hmm. So if I use the word try, if it doesn't happen my way, that's okay because subconsciously the word try has already provided a cushion. Right. So it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. But in our business what happens is that we do not allow us to fail. So instead of saying I try to succeed, well I would just say I I I will succeed. Mm-hmm. And if I do not succeed, most people will use the word fail because we live in the law in the world of polarity, success and fail failure.
1: Right. There's, so there's, using, th- it works or it doesn't work
0: yeah so therefore when we say if we say if we are successful one day but not successful the other day what if we say well we are not we are we are successful we have learned something so instead of saying instead of, instead of saying i fail i have learned something so it's actually a nice refrain so going back to the word try i mean if we say if we use the word try we already provided a cushion or insurance so instead of saying the word I mean in NLP we have a we have a, we do have one one presupposition. Um, we in order for something to happen, we must make it we must make it happen. So instead of saying try to make it try to make it happen, we say we must make it happen. When it becomes a must, something has to happen. It's either either happened in my way or the way that I expect or the way that I do not expect. But it happens. The event is something that will happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. So that's the key thing about the word TRY. And we after we learned the challenge and I mean after as a participant I've learned I can actually remove using the word TRY very, very naturally now after so many years. Mm-hmm. I I challenge my, my participants sometimes, whereby if you if let's play this game again, if you use the TRY, you pay two dollars per one time but every time you use you say the word unconsciously uh-huh. or subconsciously but I will laugh. Lev- I will I'm not leveling up by paying $2 because I will be 10 times of your what you pay for so if you catch me saying try uh, I will pay 20 bucks instead huh? and, huh? and huh? sometimes I have actually raised the bar one time I mean that was crazy mode I actually raised to you can catch me using the word I will pay $10,000 no problem oh. I have, I have reached the level already I mean I know how not to use the word because mm-hmm. in right. so many years it's like i've conditioned myself of my language my the words are used
1: mm-hmm. right. yeah you know and, and that is what is so important you know whether you're saying it out loud or just just thinking it you know, the second we do think, you know, I'll, I'll try and see. I don't have to pay, so you know, I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, you know, if it, it, because it's it's almost like we're not taking it seriously. You know, and mm. and so you know, well, I'll try being an entrepreneur for a while. And and oh it's God. funny because you know you're right. The second you remove that, it is a totally different mindset. I'm exactly. going to be an entrepreneur. That's very different than I'm going to try to be an entrepreneur. And it sounds
0: weird to, also, isn't it? <laughs> that, I, yeah, you say it really to, does
1: just make you think differently about it.
0: Exactly, yes.
1: So, you know, so, when you're looking at, you know, people who are taking that leap, jumping out of that airplane, mm-hmm. what to you are the three most common mistakes that they make?
0: Well, this topic about three common mistakes, uh, I talk about it in many occasions and particularly the first one I have just hinted earlier on about the word passion. Um, Most people, like I said, are looking for passion first before they start a business. However, what I've learned over the years is if you commit to doing something, that is actually the passion. In short, I have come up with something called ultimate passion discovery formula. And I and I've I found, I, I found, I found that actually, instead of searching for the passion, passion is something that has been with you for years. You just need to uncover it. And once you know how to uncover it, you know, oh my God, it is actually, the, the things I've been doing actually is my passion. You know, this is something that's very amazing. So stop looking for passion, but being be willing to commit to doing something first, and perhaps that is the passion that you have eventually. Mm-hmm. Second thing is, uh, this is something that a lot of people may not be aware. I mean, in entrepreneurship, one of the key skills, the one of key skills, most people. Uh, lack is sales—the the, the ability to sell, mm-hmm. and in the world of ability, in the world of selling, what happened is that most people focus on the. The, the technical techniques, the right. business skill sets. Whereas my coaches in particular uh, here, I'll, I'll give credit to uh, Blazinger, who is the rich tech advisor for Robert Kiyosaki in sales. Mm-hmm. He is actually my coach. And what Blair has talked about is that uh, in order to exponentially grow someone's sales, It's not just about the business skill or technical development. The personal development is important. When it comes to the phrase personal development, it's not about uh, time management or some similar stuff like that. It's actually about Mm self-growth. That is the number one public enemy we have to us. It's actually the voice in between our ears. And Blair term it as the literal voice. If we can master our literal voice, we can do a lot in sales. So personal development is a very big thing in my community. Mm-hmm. So we have to practice mastering our literal voice all the time. Mm-hmm. So the third thing is, is something that that you mentioned, and in my book I mentioned a few times that is about coaching and mentorship, because once you have got a coach, once you have got a mentor, you can expedite the learning curve a lot mm-hmm. faster than and, and not faster than normal in normal normal case. Mm-hmm. And again, because people people realize that coaching coaches are not free, mentors might be free, so therefore I do not want to hire a coach because it costs me money, right. well, my coach actually told me uh, in a nice reframed manner. Coaches actually don't cost you money. In fact, coaches make you money right. because you can accelerate your learning curve. You can get more sales, get more businesses faster, easier, and better. Mm-hmm. The coach is actually helping you making money.
1: Right. Well, and mm-hmm. it's funny you kind of mentioned in your book the, a, a similar thing where you know yeah. you, you wouldn't want your doctor to not charge you. <laughs> you know? Yes. And and you know and and so you know and and same with you know a business owner. We're going to pay our attorney. We're going to pay our accountant. Mm. You know, all of those various things. Mm-hmm. And you know now, yes, there can be trades. You know some things like that. But but yes, you know if it's something that you're going to value, it's going to cost you. you yeah. Know, and part of that is you know a mentor, a coach will give you things to do. You know mm. they've got you know you've got projects tasks to work through things like that and mm. if you're not valuing it you're not going to do it or you might do it just enough to, to <coughs> get by but you know and, and we're not saying you know spend a hundred thousand dollars on this you know a hundred dollars might be enough to catch your attention and, and make sure that you do that you know, it's funny mm. here when uh when we plan special events i will not do an event that usually that is free to attend and especially if it's a business event. Um you know even if there's just a minimal charge of like $10 or or something like that mm. because it's harder for people to to blow it off and not go if they've paid that 10 bucks. Mm. If it's free, it's like yeah yeah whatever. I can I can do that the next time or or mm. something. And so that's why I think it is so important that if you have a coach that you pay them now. You know, like you said, a mentor is a little bit different. Sometimes a mentor is is a different type of, of relationship. But again, you have to take that seriously, and otherwise, there's no point in, in doing it.
0: Yep, that's right. And the word is actually exchange. Mm-hmm. Again, from my from my learning from Blessinger, um, the word exchange is what the universe is looking for, and universe honors exchange and therefore if we exchange our goods and services with the other guy in the form of money or it is a barter trade that's good because the universe is looking for that. However, if I'm a free if I'm a guy who is looking for free stuff, how am I supposed to get my customers to pay me? Because Mm -hmm. somehow this exchange formula is haywire it's not balanced. So something is wrong. Universe will not endorse that. Mm -hmm. So yeah.
1: It, it is and and I like that analogy that you know there there is a balance you know and and so part of that is if you're wanting something free then maybe you need to give free back um, yes you, know, you need to give back to your to your community to your business and and that is very important to you and I mm-hmm. love that you you know you pay it forward you pass it forward to people when you can and you know one of the the overriding things that I got from your book when I was reading it was that we can't be entrepreneurs simply to make money. Mm. You know, and 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 of course, you know, yes, we have to. We have bills we have to pay, you know, all mm. various things. We can't tell the people that have our mortgage, well, you know, I'll get to you someday. Mm. Um, but but it can't be the overriding factor. And it comes back to like you were saying, your passion, you know, things like that. If you set it up right, then mm. money will come. And part of that is in that giving back, and and you really do give back a lot, and and I I really like that.
0: Thank you. The idea is um, once we figure out our business mission, why we do what we do, and um, if we do based on the mission. Like uh, my mission basically is to improve the quality of lives for people. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing things that is in line with that motto, well, the universe will acknowledge that, and it's my belief, of course. And the universe will recognize the fact that I've been doing the right things and therefore the reward will come. And most of the time, the reward will be in the monetary form that is money coming to my business. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, it doesn't mean that whatever I do, there will guarantee be profit making it doesn't happen that way. So sometimes when, when I'm doing things, hoping that, well, the money will come because I'm doing the right things, it doesn't mean that the universe will not give us the lesson we have to learn. So in the last four or five years, I've Every year, I, I somehow have to learn one particular big lesson, like in the form of losing money, losing friends, or losing business partners. It's like the lesson is getting bigger and bigger. Sounds is kind of like telling me that, well, if your business grows, you have the next level of challenges. And right. universe is always lo- looking for the opportunity to test you, to give you that challenge, mm-hmm. and see whether you deserve for the results that you, you said you, you want for.
1: Right. <laughs> You know, and and, you know, you you talk a lot about your mentors and and your favorite authors and people like that. And one of my favorite people is Bob Berg. And and he's very much into, you know, talking about, you know, giving and, you know, and and all of these things. But one of the thing that I love the most about him Mm. is he says, but don't get taken advantage of. Mm. Don't give too much. You know, you want to under promise and over deliver, you know, and, and, and always be providing kind of that extra little level and things like that, but yep. don't do it to the point that somebody takes advantage of you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very difficult, especially, you know, maybe, maybe in volunteer things or even mm. with clients, you know, we have all had the clients that have said, well, can, can you do just a little bit more, um, mm. you know, and, and that's where it's hard is to to have that mindset of giving but to be able to gently draw the line and say you know that's that's the next step you know a great example designing a website maybe would be mm. thing you know okay. and, and we designed it specifically to the client's expectations to the contract all those various things mm. and you know maybe they said hey can you add this well sure that took 10 minutes so we added that mm. you know and but then they kind of push and some do it on purpose some do it you know totally innocently to, you know, they, they push to see what extra they can get. And that's the hard part, to, to be able to say, okay, that's you know, more than happy to help, but.
2: <laughs> and, yes. And,
1: but that's, to me, that is, and that's one of the tricky things with being an entrepreneur. And mm-hmm. and I've talked about it on my program before, that in many ways, it's even harder being an entrepreneurial woman. Because mm-hmm. we want to please, we want to help, we want to nurture Mm. And, you know, so if the client says, oh, my gosh, we, you know, we really need X. We're like, "Okay." And that was probably one of the hardest lessons for me to learn was, you know, Mm. when say I would do a proposal for someone again, you know, let's use a website as an example. Mm. I would say, "Okay, it will cost you X to do this and we will do A, B, C and D. Mm. And they'll either come back and say, that's fabulous or, oh, gosh, that's that's more than our budget. And. Initially, I would say, OK, we'll do it for your budget. And mm. I learned, no, that's very bad. You know, what I what I would do now is go back and say, OK, so your budget is this. What do you want us to cut out in order yes. to, to meet that? And so it's a give and take, you know, they mm. realize, oh, you know, I really wanted it to have this feature. OK, I'll come up with more money to do that. Mm. You know, I, I actually had that conversation with somebody just last week where he said, mm. you know, I'd, I'd like you to do this. I told him how much it would cost. And he said, I'm sorry, I don't have that budget. And I said, well, come back to me when you can talk about that. Because mm. uh, he really did expect that I would do a, a project that was very expensive for an extremely minimal cost. Mm. And it That's was right. the initial contact with him. And I thought, if I let this get away from me right at the very start, then he's going to continue to expect that. Um, you know, will I hear from him again? Maybe, maybe not. Mm. But, you know, it, it really was something that I, you know, as I said, I learned early on as an entrepreneur is there are times where you kind of have to draw that line in the sand and say, Mm. here's, you know, and, and a big part of that comes back to valuing yourself. You Mm. You know, like, like we said, you know, if you don't value yourself, then how can you expect them to value you?
0: Exactly. Because my experience in that area is like in the good old days, we learn how to do upsell. And nowadays, like you have just mentioned, you actually use the word without using the word. Well, literally, you are done selling. In other words, you give them the highest price. And if they don't have the budget for that, you cut this, you carve this out. So you actually Mm -hmm. give them, you actually are done selling your package to them, which works for me, like in my tax consulting, Mm -hmm. I'm competing with a lot of CPA in Singapore because I don't do tax filing or tax return for people. Because I'm an attorney, so what happened is that I do not compete with the CPA, and I let them do what they are supposed to do. Right. Because in the area, people are competing in terms of the prices. And it's mm-hmm. very cheap nowadays to do tax return. My 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 kind of work in taxation is tax consulting high end. I only served the multinational companies who who i somehow can fit to the culture and they like what i'm doing they like me somehow so i do not have any issue of charging premium because to them what they get is a lot more premium service than they would have gotten from a traditional big four accounting firm because i can give them faster response relevant solution without mimicking the reply of the tax authority, which a lot of the tax advisors like to do anyway. Mm -hmm. So for me, I value myself. I value the advice that I give. I value the fact that this advice that I give is relevant, timely, and comprehensive. These are my three words, by the way. (laughs) So I do not have any issue of charging premium on my tax consulting. And I tell people, Jack, you are very expensive. Yeah, I know I'm expensive because Mm -hmm. that's how I I provide a timely, relevant and comprehensive service to you. I have no issue. I don't even have any reservation. Oh, gee, have I said something wrong? I should have charged them. I have no such issue anymore. No such thought anymore.
1: And when you're first starting out, though, man, it it is really easy to say, okay, I'll give you a discount or, you know, I'll cut the price or, or whatever it is because we want that business. Mm. Um, You know, and and that I have found when I talk with entrepreneurs, that really is one of the biggest issues for them to get past is, you know, how do they kind of make that leap from, you know, I I know that I can charge. The other day I had a guest on my radio program Mm. and and I looked at his rates. Now, I knew they were a lot, but when I looked, it startled me. And mm. our consultation with him is $5,000.
0: Oh, 5k, okay.
1: Yeah. And mm. Is he worth it? Yes. I mean, you mm. know, that's that's uh, just from talking from him. I knew he was Now, is that out of my budget? Yes. Mm. But but I'm also not his target audience, you know, and mm. and, and so that's the important thing to remember too. But mm. you know, how it, the hard part is getting from giving away for free, charging a minimal amount to actually charging what we think we're worth. And it's kind of that nebulous area. So how do people work through that process to really get to this is what I'm worth? And if you're not going to pay it, that's fine. I'll recommend you to somebody else. But how do we get to that mindset?
0: Oh, this is actually something that I've recorded in one of my own podcast shows about self-worth. And I've give actually given the credit to blessed teacher by the name of Matt by the name of Matt Newton. Matt Newton is the only Taekwondo Dan practitioner in North America, and he is a conditioned coach. And what he has taught me and a lot of our our community is about the word the word the this phrase about self worth. Self worth is actually something is not easy to describe, but the exercise that I ask my clients to do when they have this issue is, I mean, just mind my language here. It may not be, you may not sound, you it may that it doesn't sound normal at ten o'clock my time. That is, <laughs> you, you take off your clothes, uh-huh. you go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. stand in front of the mirror, and say, "I'm worth twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars," and just observe the body. Does your body react in the way that is? Oh my gosh! I don't think I, I'm worth twenty five thousand right. dollars. So that's that's a, a very interesting exercise to establish your self worthiness. Mm-hmm. Because if the moment you stand in front of mirror and say I'm worth five k, no issue, you are worth five mm-hmm. k. So you up a little bit to six k, seven k, eight k, nine k, twenty thousand. If you can mm-hmm. say confidently, that means your value is twenty thousand. No issue. So that is how I train myself to come to that level, and I'm not afraid of asking. But of course, at the end, if, do I actually can do? I actually get twenty five thousand from that person. It all depends on, like, like you said, whether it's my target audience, mm-hmm. and number two, am I the one um, providing the right solution, and is it really worth? The time spending with us I mean for us to work together I mean these are all the business aspects and the negotiation but the value exercise can be very easily done so that you and I know well my hourly rate is 20 20 20 or 25,000 mm-hmm. and I think I've written in the book as well my book actually like I'm I, my coach my my coach actually Said to me in the early days, I asked him the question. I said, My hourly consultation rate, I mean, in the early days of my entrepreneurship journey, was only $200 an hour. I mean, that was very interesting, $200. And my coach actually told me in front of a room of 150 people, Well, Jack, it's very simple for you to do this. Just add a zero behind. What? Did you mean $200? Add oh a my zero gosh, behind? $1,000? I said, Yeah, just add it. You know what? Within a month, I got my first $2,000 climb.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I love that you say practice in front of a mirror. Now, whether you do it naked or not, is kind of your own. <laughs> thing. But, yes. um, you know, it, it is part of, you know, it, it does kind of come back to that reframing and using those words. You, yes. know, if you are looking in the mirror and if you notice that you cringe when you say that or that, you know, your, your body is kind of. Folding in on itself, you know, or are you standing straight up? Are you projecting that I am worth that mm-hmm. much money?
0: Yeah, um,
1: you know, then and and it does take practice, you know, just yeah. as we should practice our thirty-second elevator speech, which I love you. All, Twenty-nine <laughs> second, we do thirty. Um, I don't <laughs> that second go, um, but you know, we have to practice these things, and and I think that's one of the things that as entrepreneurs we just leap in. You yes, know, and, and no, know, you'll know, practice these things. you'll know, practice your 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 five minute pitch. Yes. And, and I love in your book you you say write that down. And of course, the key is to practice it so that then you're not reading it. You know, how many times have we gone to networking events and somebody is there with their little piece of paper? Here it is. Oh my God.
0: Oh, it. yes, you know, no and, way.
1: Okay, you know, I love that they're trying. But I always tell people, you know, we all, you know, it's it's like we were saying at the the start. We all started with being afraid to speak in public, um, you know, with with not knowing exactly what we were going to say. All of these various mm. things. And maybe maybe they put that T.R.Y. word in there. You know, they're going Good to job. try to give their their <laughs> presentation. No, they just need to do it if it doesn't come out right and they don't say what they wanted you know okay then the next time you do it differently um, yep. you know and and but but yeah i i, I love that try thing that's very like, <laughs> i'm just going to have to remember that. good you know, job it's, it's kind of like word well, you know you, you yes. have the jar where you put money in um you know and and but it's it is something it, it, i really did i read that section several times hmm. because i kept thinking that is so true. You know, when we kind of give ourselves that back door, that way out, mm. then we're not giving 100 mm. um, percent, you know, and, and I love the people that say we're going to give 110 percent. No, you can uh. <laughs> You can only really give 100 percent. Yes. Um, but, you know, when you have given that yourself kind of that way out, then maybe you're only giving 50 percent. Mm. You know, I've I've shared with my listeners before that uh, when I initially started my business many years ago, I was working full time. Mm. This is and this is very typical. I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs are doing that. You know, we're working full time and we're doing something, you know, that is our passion on the side, you know, whether and, and but until we have to make it work, mm. it won't work. I had somebody that told me and, and it was it was a mentor and she told me she said, you're playing at it. And until you take it seriously, you're not going to be a success. Hmm. And that really struck home with me because you know, we do. In many cases, we are working full time for a, a big corporation or a small business or whatever. And we're doing the entrepreneur thing on the side. But until we have to make it work, it's not going to work.
0: Hmm. That's right. Make it happen. Not right. TRY to make it happen.
1: <laughs> right, right. See, I love it. You don't even say the word. Um, so what really is the number one key ingredient that entrepreneurs have to have to to um, build their business?
0: Well, the number one, there are actually quite a lot of number one key ingredient. But to me, to stay humble and vulnerable, that is the key. Mm-hmm. Ask for help as we do not know what we do not know. So trust someone somehow will give the answer that we need. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm a big fan of coaches and mentors again you 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 notice that we talk about coaches and mentors many times in the last fifteen minutes because that is the number one key ingredient, honestly, mm-hmm. from my experience
1: you know, and 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 the other one that you mentioned is that ongoing learning. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I read a lot for my radio program. That really is one of the things that I like the most about my radio program is I have to read the books that My my guests have written, you know, Mm. and so I pick guests that are very fun and very cool and I'm going to learn from them. And one of the really funny things I have repeatedly had my guests tell me, oh, my gosh, you actually read the book and Mm. people who interview us don't read the book. And I said, well, how can I talk about it if I haven't read it? But to me, it's part of my learning process. Mm. You know, I, I shared with you off the air that I'm kind of in a rebranding mode. You know, and, yep. I'm, you know what what do I want to be when I grow up? Type of thing. I'm you know hopefully going to be doing that when I'm still 95. <laughs> but uh, and that is part of being an entrepreneur is you're kind of constantly tweaking, growing. You know, all these various things. But I will go back to your book now, mm. and because you have exercises for mm. each one of the seven principles, and so I will go back and fill those out. Um, so to me, you're you're kind of being a, a mentor to me just by me following the, the steps in your book.
0: Thank you for that. And I love the fact that you take the exercises seriously because not everyone does that, honestly.
1: Well, and of course, the, the key word is seriously. You know, mm. We can read through it. We can go, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, here's the answer to that. Here's the answer to that. But taking the time to write it down and I don't mm-hmm. remember where, if it was one of my guests or if I saw it on TV or whatever it was, but handwriting it, not writing it, not typing it into your computer. Oh, yes.
0: Don't type about it, the write process
1: it. process of handwriting. No, I can't write in a book. I just, I cannot do that. So, you know, I will, I'll have to do a separate sheet of paper. Mm. But, um, you know, even when I was a college student, I, it pained me to write in books. Um, but, you know, that process of having to write embeds it in your memory deeper than if you're just typing it
0: yeah because of the kinesthetic semantic feeling yeah it's an nlp from nlp perspective it is visual auditory and kinesthetic all aligned when you write mm-hmm. something because when you write you will actually repeat the words and you're seeing what you have written on the paper so it's all aligned properly right yeah so i do
1: of course, the hard part here is in the United States, they're not teaching cursive anymore, you know, and, and, and I do this weird writing of cursive printing combination. Then I'll look at it and I'll think, right. I don't know what that word is. You know, I, I think I must have been a doctor in, in a former life, um, but which is part of why we type, because yep. right we can't read our own writing, but mm. we need to read our own writing. That is yep. part of this process. Yep. So we've been talking about your book, which mm. is Cracking the Entrepreneur Code, Seven Tips to Build the Business You Always Wanted. And we want people to buy the book. So that's why we haven't really gone into it in depth. But I wanted to just touch very, very quickly. We've only got about five minutes left. Mm. Um, the seven principles in the book are passion. And that really is step one. If you don't, yeah. if you don't have that, there's no point. So passion, purpose, positioning, penetration, popularization, perseverance, and people. Hmm. so you know and and again folks the books on amazon go get the book you know and and but how did you come up with these seven principles
0: well when i first crafted this book the mint of skeleton the seven chapters it's very easy for me to say okay i need to write a book i need to summarize the lesson in terms of a number how many lessons do i want three tools to fill five not enough so i said seven so to brand the book nicely i actually trick the w- several words like the marketing leadership into a mm-hmm. word that start with p so Fine. that is a little bit i mean what happened during the drafting process and i said while well, looking at my business what are the things that i really need so i actually come up with the first chapter the second chapter and the last chapter because the, the passion purpose and people are the three key ingredients mm-hmm. In between the marketing the branding are, are essential but they you you don't need to have them right from the start so mm-hmm. for me chapter mean the chapters on passion the purpose and the people are very key so i if, if like time is a constraint i always talk about these three chapters mm-hmm. the others well we can do it another time mm-hmm. and that is the process for me, at the end of the day, these seven principles which I came up with, basically, like I said, is a reflection of what I've learned from my coaches and mentor. Um, when we first started, while well, we might be very big in terms of our, uh, as a corporate employee, I'm quite famous in Singapore. But when I left the firm, nobody knows me. So I cannot left. I cannot tag along the, the corporate brand of my previous employer anymore. So Jet mm-hmm. or who is Jack One? Nobody knows Jack One. So the word branding comes because I need to brand myself so that people will know me. It's not mm-hmm. about how, how many people I know. It's how, how many people know me. That's branding. Right. So branding mm-hmm. is a very key element. That's why I devoted devote a chapter to talk about how do I position myself? How do I mm-hmm. brand myself? So there's another element I've learned in the first three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I- I just had a thought and this is probably Mm -hmm. like an entire hour's worth of program. Is there a difference between an entrepreneur and a small business owner?
0: Well, put this way, an entrepreneur and business owner to me depends on how you define. Like my common definition is a business owner and entrepreneur basically is a person who is here to solve other people's problem or find Mm -hmm. solutions for other people in that context. They are the same. However, an entrepreneur in some people's world, like Robert Kiyosaki himself, the entrepreneur is a person who has company company listed in stock exchange. So that okay. is entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. uh, using his definition, that every most of my friends, including myself, would be a small business owner because mm-hmm. I don't have any company floated in the public in publicly. Mm-hmm. So again, it is a very it depends on definition.
1: Right. Well, and it's funny because as I was was thinking about it, I thought to me kind of a small business owner they're just doing business the entrepreneur has that passion that fire now they might be they might be you know the entrepreneur who has a small business but it's it, sometimes you can separate them you know there is just that small business owner who is selling widgets you know and, and mm-hmm. it's great they're making money but that entrepreneur has that fire that passion Um, Mm. And I think that's why we see serial entrepreneurs because Mm. they do have that patch. And I don't know why I thought of that all of a sudden. It was just kind of (laughs) random thoughts in the morning. Sure,
0: (laughs) It's all right. Yep.
1: So, Jack, we've got just a couple minutes left. So what are your final thoughts for people who are thinking about taking that jump out of that airplane? Um, You know, to get back to the the start of the program, Mm. the original metaphor, what would you tell people besides buy your book? You know, what would you tell them?
0: Well, there's always a quote which is which is a very common one, but in my context, it is very important. Do not give up, right. because this dream that someone has about leaving the red race, well, dream is one thing, but dreaming dream is for dreamer. I mean, my coach actually said the difference between a dreamer and a visionary is a dreamer always dream, but don't take action. Whereas a visionary is the one who carry to put the, who carry the dream into reality by taking action. Ah. So by being a visionary, knowing what, knowing why you do what you do. That's what you said, or originally when you check my website. Why do you do what you do? It's very mm-hmm. important. And by chance, I'm just I'm, I'm 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 just finished reading. I've just finished reading, uh, uh, this book called Find Your Why. I mean, most people may mm-hmm. know something like the start start with Why. This mm-hmm. Find With Why is what I'm reading right now because when you know your Why, it's very good. It's very important. But how do you how do you turn your why into reality. So find your why is actually the practical guy to turn the start with why into step-by-step process. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading this book right now because to me the 2018 theme is in order for me to scale my business to the next level, having more people join me as my team, I must have a bigger why and stronger why. So I'm working on my why to take it to the next level so that more pe- I can attract more people coming to me.
1: Right. Mm. You know, and and it comes back to what we were saying at the start—that you're always growing, you're always learning, you're always changing, and you're staying humble. You know that that really is the, the key to all of it is—you know, just just remember your roots, and, mm. and and it's okay to ask for help. In fact, it's encouraged yeah. to ask for help.
0: And uh, one thing that my coach has also told me is you you may you may notice in the last hours, I I keep mentioning my coaches because Mm -hmm. one thing I learned from my, I mean, some podcasters actually observed that as well. And they said, one thing that Jack is different from other podcast, I mean, podcast guests is that Jack frequently uh, acknowledges his coaches, his mentors. I mean, Mm -hmm. to me acknowledging where, where the source of information is from is a very, is a big, is a, is a, a, it's a great trace of a great entrepreneur. So I'm practicing that all the time.
1: Well, and I love it because then by giving us those names of those people, mm. we can connect with them also. Whether it's just reading their books or connecting with them online or whatever, yep. you know we can find that information too.
0: That's right. Well,
1: oh, holy cow, Jack, <laughs> we are at the top of the hour. Yes. So Tell people, how do they find you online and connect with you?
0: Well, actually, uh, com is the place where... They can they can they can take a cursory view of my book. If they like, they can actually download it without buying this. They can actually download a uh, uh, electronic version uh from Cracking Entrepreneur Co website. Uh my Facebook fan page, Jack HM Wong Official, uh is the place where I constantly post uh, my videos, my blogs, and my thoughts on entrepreneurship. And I'm actually currently working to revamp the Facebook fan page to make it more sexy, more elegantly looking, (laughs) and to to prepare for a new start of 2018.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. And, you know, like we said, because of things like Facebook... We can connect with people around the world. And, you know, I've been having a great time talking with you. You are in Singapore. I am in Atlanta. Mm. Um, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a great time talking with Jack H.M. Wong today. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business.